I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. We are going back to the hive for season five of the, the Connor and Smith Show. How are you? Great. What is going on? Not a whole lot. Just rained a little bit. We watched The Offer. We watched The Offer. I'm watching Stranger Things and yes, Outlander. Yes, all the good things. All the good things. And The Floor is Lava comes back on Netflix tomorrow. The Floor is Lava comes back. I'm very excited about that. Super, super excited. Um, today, uh, to kick off Pride, it is June, it is Pride Month, we are talking to Adolfo Blair. Ding, 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 ding. Yes. So we're going to take a break and we will be right back. Hello! Oh my gosh. Hello, Adolfo. How are you? I'm fine. I feel fine. You're good. I am here with my husband and co-host, Matt Connor. Hey, 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 hey. Hi, Matt Connor. And our producer, Ryan Dean Halbrook. What is that? <laughs> Hi, Ryan Halbrook. How are you? I'm well. How are you? You sound great. I do try. I'm still alive. Awesome. Still do it. You you warmed up for this, I'm guessing. I roll out of bed like this. Oh, yeah. I, I wake up ready. I roll into bed like this. <laughs> One must be ready for any opportunity that may present itself at any moment. That's right. That is right. Where are you right now? I am in New York City, the Big Apple. Which borough? You can make it there. You can make it anywhere. Oh, Why wow. is it called the Big Apple? <laughs> because you take a big bite out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Did people used to sell apples? Child, I don't know nothing. I'm just trying to get by. I'm trying to get my bills paid. You know how it is. So with that, how how, how have you been doing lately? You're back to work kind of thing? I, you know, it's odd because I travel a lot. I do a lot of, you know, regional theatery stuff. And I was very lucky during the pandemic because a lot of the work that I do is in the great frontier known as Florida. And so when everybody else was scared to leave their apartment, theaters were calling me and I was doing shows in a theater, in a theater, like in December of 2020. Wow. And then January and February and March and April. Wow. So, um, and then, so, I mean, yeah. So like, I kind of feel like my life never really slowed down. Like, I mean, I came back in April, April, 2021, and then I had like some time off and then I was back at it the end of October and traveling, traveling, traveling. And I just actually came back to New York about a month ago after like a bunch of stuff all lined up. So I have like, I'm like, count my blessings. Hey, Irving Berlin, I hear you. Um, have so, you had any tangles with the Rona? No. Wow. No, although a good close friend of ours um, just came to visit last week. And like the day after I saw him, he said, I have, um, I got um, the virus. So you <laughs> may want to get tested. So as of now, I'm in the clear. It's been four days, still testing, uh, still in the clear. So I think I'm good. But I still got a couple more days just to make sure. So I've been laying low. But as it's, of now, no. It's just so scary. I mean, Maddie has uh, just directed a production of Into the Woods. And, like, you know, it's like a crapshoot every week of, like, who's going to come up with that double line, you know? Yeah. And, but you know what they say. Children will listen. And, you know... <laughs> You just got to keep screaming it loud enough and hopefully they will listen. Well, what I've been doing is they've been making us take mandatory tests. And what I've been doing is testing, but not telling them what test I'm taking. <laughs> okay. So it's always, you know, a negative test, but I don't exactly reveal what test I've been taking. That seems well, responsible. I yeah, was like, yeah, what kind of test are you taking? Wasn't it? It was, it was right. a, yeah, it was a negative was score it, on a science quiz. It was a sobriety test. 
I would never, never pass one of those. <laughs> so because you've been sort of gigging out all over the country, I'm assuming you have some places that might be a repeat that feels like home when they call you. Yeah, there's a great theater in Florida that I love um, called Theater Zone. And while they have sort of, I don't want to say they've distanced themselves from this, but I like to say that they um, kind of pride themselves on doing underproduced musicals. Um, one of the first musicals I did with them was like Sweet Smell of Success. They do shows like, you know, Legs Diamond and High Society. and It's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. They haven't done that one, but that kind of thing. Like I did On a Clear Day, you can see forever with them. And um, shows that like hardly anyone else is doing. And of course, they as the years have gone on, they've gotten a little bit more and more, um, uh, perhaps a little more mainstream. I just did Bright Star with them. Um, and is that a good the, show? I, I, you know, I'll be honest. Hey, no. if, if, if you disagree, who cares? But when I saw it on the Broadway, everyone loved it but me. I didn't love it. I was like, I kind of figured out what it was going to happen, what was going to happen in like the first 10 minutes. Um, and I was like, oh, Carmen Cusack was amazing. But the rest of it, I was like, mm, it's okay. The staging was amazing. Josh Rhodes' staging was brilliant. But beyond that, I just was like, ugh. And then when I just did it, I was like, I love this show. So it might be one of those, like, kind of the cat syndrome, where it's more fun to be in than it is to actually watch. But I don't know. Or is it also just kind of that uh, issue where like a Broadway production that has tons of money and they have to give uh, a certain name to a certain character or whatever kind of makes the smoke and mirrors feel like, oh my God, this show was really something. And then the real work and the real storytelling kind of happens in regional theaters where they don't have the money or the space to blow people through the roof. And you just kind of have to just do the essence of the true story i i mean maybe a little bit of both i would not say carmen cusack was like a name in fact this is really what put her like on the map i think um to mainstream new york um broadway audiences so but what i will say to that i think to your point is the idea that i think the piece works much better in more intimate spaces because particularly it is a storytelling piece and so perhaps in a larger house um, it, it does sort of lose some of its focus or feel, and, and it, there wasn't like big sets or anything like that. It wasn't razzle dazzle, but it definitely, I think, loses some of the heart when you're a, a, a little bit further back and not right in on the action. Speaking of razzle dazzle, you didn't happen to catch Pamela Anderson in Chicago, did you? I have not. Um, there's so many things to see, and I have literally seen Chicago so many times that I'm like, it has to be like Barbara Streisand or something going into a Madonna, um, somebody I really care about. Um, so I have not seen her, but I will say that everyone I know who has seen her has been very pleasantly surprised and that, you know, again, she's not Meryl Streep. Um, she's not Celine Dion. Um, she's not Gwen Verdon, but she is actually very enjoyable from by all accounts of everyone I know that have seen it. And these are some cynical, I've seen it all New Yorkers. So we just watched that Pam and Tommy Hulu series. Oh, I'm in the middle of it right now. It's yes, so good. It's, it's so, so good. good. Have you gotten to the getting to know you sequence yes. yet? <clears throat> yes. In fact, what happened was I watched two episodes when I was in Florida and my roommate, who's like one of my best friends, um, the two, we watch a lot of TV together. And there's a lot of things that we say we're going to watch together. And so I said, look, I'm watching this thing. and I think you're really going to enjoy it. So do you want to watch it? And so he's like, yeah. So I'm waiting. And so when we got back, we watched Impeachment. And then we watched season four of Maisel. And then we watched something else. And I can't think of what it is now. And then now we're on... Um, Pamela and Tommy. So now we just finished the second episode. Um, and so now the next episode we watch off will be new to me finally. I I thought that getting to know you sequence was brilliant. Um, I love it. I said I said that. What's so great is you think of them as these Hollywood entertainment, huge personalities and all of the tabloids and all of that. And it was just so charming to see them 
so intimate and human in this very sort of, um, you know, um, situation, just two people uh, getting to know each other because they realized when they, you know, fly home, they know nothing about each other. It's, it was all just physical attraction. And it's so yeah, funny how many people track. I've talked sure. to that um, aren't interested in watching it because they have some sort of preconceived notion of what the story is. And when you watch the story, you're like, oh, my God, this is the story. Yeah. Well, I mean, isn't that everything? I mean, we always have anything that's about people we know that should be, I think, part of the I dare I use this word and I don't mean it in its connotation, but the agenda of the writer to perhaps shed light on parts of these public figures that we would never seemingly know about them or uh, make them uh, us experience them in a sort of different way. So that we're like, wow, you know, it's like, for example, like, uh, I don't know if you all watch Mrs. America with, um, oh, what's her name? Kate Blanchett. Yeah. And like, it's like about Phyllis Schlafly, who, you know, if you identify as a, a liberal, obviously is the polar opposite. And yet you watch this piece and you find yourself oddly rooting for Phyllis Schlafly. You're like, what's happening? And it's just in the writing and the way it's told that it's so interesting and things make sense and you see it in a way. And so, you know, I um, the same thing with Pamela and Tommy. It's like, no matter what you think of them, you, you should get on the, the ride and be like, wow, I, you know, I feel very different uh, than I thought I was going to. And not only that, it's an amazing time capsule back to the days of like when we were in college in the late nineties, where, where they were like, where do you get the internet? <laughs> what well, do you the do? soundtrack alone. I mean that they're in a club and a hundred percent pure love comes on. Then yes. lover, then Nikki French's dance mix of total clips of the heart. And I'm like, Oh my God, 1995, just right. Like I hear the opening chords and I know exactly where I am. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's 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 brilliant and it only gets better. So you're in for a wild ride. It's amazing. Anyway, this is like we could just do the pop culture uh, discussion with Adolfo Blair, but we I'm really do, good at that game. We need to go back in time like we just did when you were a little baby. Yes. Okay. Yes. You looked up at the sky and said, "Mama, I want to be <laughs> what? Uh, uh, well, uh, when, when did you when did you uh, find that you were being sort of um, entertained by another voice or soul that said, "I really want to be in this uh, business"? Now, my theory is that Adolfo Blair was born in tap shoes, but <laughs> set us straight. I think that I was born in point shoes. Thank you very much. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. What I would say is, I think, you know, I, I, I definitely was attracted to singing and dancing on television. I, you know, my favorite as a baby, my favorite thing to play with um, was my Fisher Price record player, which if you remember was this weird thing that was like, I don't even know how to describe it. It had four records, little like records in it. And you played it. And it really was a music. McDonald had a farm. Yeah. yeah. It had four different records. And they weren't really records, but it was like a music box, basically. Yep. yep. I know and, what you're talking about. And because of this, I then started playing with my parents' LPs. And I liked, and by like two, I could like play the record player by myself. And then, um, but the thing that I remember that being very attracted to was uh, I was very attracted. My favorite television show of all time is The Muppet Show. And it's not just The Muppets. It's not just the brilliance of Jim Henson. It's not like the, the even the guest stars. It's this sort of uh, it, it's set in a theater. It is the chaos. I was very attracted to the chaos of putting together a show every <laughs> week. Just yeah. caught up in the drama of it. I was yes, Abbad. Thank you very much. Exactly. Um, just like the glass maze. Um, <laughs> so, I uh, yeah, I I loved you know I loved the red curtains. I was so 
into curtains and not like, I don't mean design of a room. I would go to people's houses and play with their curtains because to me it was like a show was starting. The curtain would open. Um, and so I loved footlights. I loved the ornate um, design of the theater. The, the theater, even at that age, seemed like this weird, holy space. And so to me, that was like, I knew like, I want to do that. I want to live in that weird Muppet theater world. Um, and so, and then I started, I was really into movie musicals as we all think were. And, um, by the time I was like, and I was like into doing shows, like I would do little shows. But when I was seven, I entered myself into the uh, talent show and I did a poem, um, very flashy, I know. And then, <laughs> but when I was eight, what happened was we had taped off of public access the previous year's talent show and i would watch this tape over and over and over and two girls did a dance to gloria esteban and the miami sound machines conga and so i learned their dance and then re-entered myself into the to the talent show the following year doing their dance better than they did it <laughs> And from there, my mom, like, my mom had no clue. I mean, she knew I was sort of like this sort of, you know, creative, artistic kind of kid, but was like, oh, wow, I should put my kid in dance classes. He obviously um, has an affinity for it. And so that's how I sort of started dancing. Uh, I went to my mom, like, searched all of our town to find a dance school that had an all boys dance class. It's very important for her to her for me to be in a boys dance class and not dancing with girls. I don't know why, but, um, but that's how I started. And, and how did you find uh, Shenandoah? Funny you asked that. I, you know, I now teach classes. I go across, I work with kids via Zoom. I go to high schools. I do these college audition boot camps. And I tell the story of how, when I went to college, you didn't know anything. There was no books on musical theater. Um, I went to my guidance counselor. I went to the biggest high school in Maryland and I went to my guidance counselor. Are you from Maryland? I'm from Maryland. I'm from Bowie, Maryland. Thank you very much. PG County. Hey, <laughs> um, don't be jealous. That's, that's, um, that's the, that's the home of Kathy Lee and Ava Cassidy, right? It yeah, is. I think I, I, I heard PG County say hello back. I know how they roll. Those are my people. So, um, yes, um, Ava Cassidy, actually her house is literally in my housing development. Um, and Kathy Lee Gifford never would say she was from Bowie. She would say she was from Annapolis. So, <laughs> but that's a story for your PG County podcast. Um, that's right, that's right. <laughs> but I, so I went to the biggest high school in Maryland and in Greenbelt and um, my, my uh, guidance counselor literally had been a guidance counselor for like 30 something years. He was retiring that year. So he had been doing this a long time. And so I come in, you're supposed to tell them like what you wanna do, what you wanna do for college, what your thoughts are. And so I said, I wanna go major in musical theater. And he literally said, there's a major for that. So, I mean, he knew nothing. And he was not very much of a help. So God love my my mom. My mom is like asking people at the nail salon and at like just anywhere. Anybody know anything about theater colleges? So she's asking around. And at the time, um, we had seasons passes to this um, uh, local theme park at the time, and it's now much bigger, um, called Adventure World. And I had become very obsessed with like the shows and I would, I become this little like groupie and I would come see the shows. And there was a handful of people that summer that all of you, I think know um, from the dinner theater, the, the DMV dinner theater circuit, um, Tim Ownby and Debbie Hartley and some other people's names who I actually can't remember anymore. And I happened to have a conversation with Tim Ownby and I said, he said, well, what are you going to do for college? And I said, I want to go for this theater. And he said, oh, you should check out Shenandoah. 
And I knew nothing about it. And I was like, oh, and literally right at the same time, my orchestra teacher in high school came to school one day and said, look, we just did this thing. And I met this, these people from this college and they have a, um, their conservatory, music conservatory, it's Shenandoah, and they have all these scholarships. Um, if you have this GPA, you get this amount of money and you have this GPA. And it was so weird. It was like the stars had aligned and it literally within weeks, a week or two, Shenandoah came out of the blue twice. And so I was like, okay, I guess, <laughs> I guess I'm applying to Shenandoah. Who was your music director? Uh, uh, my mu at in high school. Yeah. Oh, it was a gentleman named um, Scott Laird. Okay. Just, just he is, wondering. He is no longer there. Gotcha. <laughs> what are you trying to figure out if you know him? No, I just, I just was interested if there's any connection of. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's okay. Um, so well, then, that was a dead well, I'll edit it out in post. It's fine. <laughs> um, so, so when you did, did you then like do the obligatory things like you took a tour and whatever? I did take a tour. We came and I, I you know, I don't remember. I'm so, I have a P.S. I listen to y'all's podcasts, a lot of them, and God love you, all of you, everybody on the show has terrible memories. I, you're like, what show did we do that year? And I'm literally screaming at my phone. Like, it was Sweet Charity. Like, you're going to hear me or something. Um, <laughs> like, my memory is so great. But for some reason, in this case, I do not remember if I took a tour or if I took a tour slash auditioned at the same time. I remember being very embarrassed because my mother made me wear um, a scarf because <laughs> it was like January or February and it was very cold and she she wanted to protect the instrument. And I was like, oh God, I'm going to look so stupid with this scarf on. Everyone's going to judge me. So um, I do remember that taking a tour then when I was auditioning, but I don't think I came before that. Well, we've been choosing to only remember the things that lift us up. <laughs> hey, I don't remember yeah. shows, but I do remember who gave me my tour. Who? Tracy. Who? Tracy Bonner. Did you did you remember who gave your tour? Me? Tracy. I, yeah. Tracy Bonner gave my tour too. Oh my God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What about you, Steven? I don't know. I have I don't I don't even remember the tour. I I didn't have a tour. No? No, I wasn't with a group. I wasn't with an open house. There was no invite. I you, don't even, you just showed up and started going. You don't even want to know my story. It's embarrassing, <laughs> but should be made into a film. Oh, wow. Because after I got done auditioning, Mr. Herman lowered his glasses. I was in somebody's uh, voice studio, like Dr. Og or somebody. It was there, there on, in the hallway. Um, and he said, you do realize this is a serious program. <laughs> And I was like, oh, yeah, 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 I, I, knew, I know it's serious. Um, but you see everything maybe through the lens or the window of movement first, maybe when you're approaching a, a project? Um, um, not necessarily. It's, it's weird you ask that. Since I got out of college, I have continued to study and uh, I do a lot of um work uh much more physically physical theater clown lecoq and I, it's so I, obviously i think i'm much more physical based but i i don't know if that's necessarily how i identify but i guess if you've gotten to my head yeah maybe um <laughs> a, a story just came up in my head when you were talking about auditions and mr herman and it was a. Uh, when we had to do a song and scene study and mm -hmm. you picked if you could see her through my eyes from cabaret. Yeah. Do you, do you recall this? Uh, um, well, I must, yeah. Okay. Keep going. Yeah. Keep going. And when you got to the conclusion of the song, <laughs> you screamed the word Jewish. She wouldn't look Jewish at all. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah. No, that was not at an, a class. That was actually in an audition. It was and, an audition. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then it literally was like someone had farted in church. Yep. Yeah. And, and then I had to like remove myself from the audition space. Like everyone <laughs> just stood staring at me. Everyone, you know, because in those days we all watched each other audition. So it was just like a sea of blinking people. And um, I was like, oh, oh, okay, okay, strong choices, but whatever. Okay, thank you. Do you, you have a famous audition story f uh, from New York? I think he does. I'm recalling one. Oh, I have so many. Uh, I, what, I what about one for, from uh, auditioning for the late, great Anne Rice? Oh, yes. That was my very first Broadway audition. So we, um, Damien Deshaun Smith and I decided... We had, he had read in backstage that they were having the first replacement call for the Broadway show Fosse. And that we would be perfect for it because we were 20 and still in college. And everybody in that show was like, you know, 40. So we decided that we were going to go to this. And we drove, we left Winchester at like 1.30 or 2 o'clock in the morning and drove to New York and it was very exciting because I drove through Times Square just as the sun was coming up. So all of the lights are on and it's just so exciting, except it was dead. We parked our car and we got down to Chelsea Studios back in the day when it was Chelsea Studios. And we signed up and we were the first people there. I mean, nobody, like literally nothing. So we get there, we sign up and... Um, there actually wasn't that many guys there. So they had, had two groups of equity and then there was a, a partial group of equity. So they were going to take 10 people of which Damien and I were going to be the, the first two non-equity to be seen. So we go in the group. Oh, and we're out in the lobby because we've got some time and it was supposed to be the dance captain or dance supervisor, whoever, and something had happened and the, they said the, the audition is going to start late. They're having some, there was a personnel mix up and the elevator opens and Miss Ann Ryan King gets off of the, the elevator and Damien and I's mouth drop open, eyes like bug out of our head. She walks by us and then we're like two schoolgirls, like, oh my God, and so we're just so excited. So um, we, finally it's our turn and I was rather nervous because I didn't have headshots at this point. I literally had like a, like, like a four by six black and white glossy. And I was like, I can't bring that. You've got to bring it eight by 10. So I didn't bring anything. <laughs> and um, we, uh, so we dance, she taught us Manson trio and we dance and Damien and I are in the same group. And all I gave them was just my resume with nothing on the back. And um, so she, they're lining us up and she looked and said, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Adolfo, do you have a headshot? And I was in my head. I was like, she's going to remember me for the rest of her life. So I don't want her to remember me this way. So I'm going to disguise my voice. So then in case she ever meets me again, she won't remember that I was unprepared for this audition. And so I said, I ran out. Like literally <laughs> like that. Because <laughs> I thought that if I gave myself a weird voice and accent, that would disguise me. And um, I got cut. But that's a different story. So anyways. <laughs> that's another story. Never mind. <laughs> exactly. Um. How did she react when you said, I ran out? It was just blink, blink, look down. Okay, let's take it from the top. <laughs> it was just like, oh, okay. Well, let's just dance. Um, let's go back to the shows that you got to do at SU. Mm -hmm. The first of which was Take It Easy. Take it easy, freshman year, freshman first semester. I was in a musicale. I had I made quite the splash in that performance. If we remember, can you can you deliver for us your <laughs> iconic line at the end of Act One? I just have to say, 
walking into this podcast, I knew you were going to ask that. I knew it. I My Lindy Award sits on my shelf. <laughs> and so I knew this was going to be a, a subject matter. <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, let me just preface. Yes. That this is not the way I would deliver today. And even was not the way I wanted to deliver it. I was directed by Mr. Hal Herman to be louder and that he couldn't hear me and he needed it to have more energy. And so, and, and he kept giving me this note. So to me, what that meant to be louder was to be higher and to, to make my voice more pingy so that it would travel more combined with perhaps a little bit of a sibilant S and you get promise me you won't dance with any other boys, particularly soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> now, and I still to this day have trouble saying the word particularly. I still cannot say that word. So, it, you know, I think they gave me that on purpose, just the same way they gave a gal with a lisp, the, the line at Sweet Charity, stamp out sex in our schools. I do not think that was an accident. And, you know. Oh, my God. Who said that? Um, her name is Lorraine Steinhoff. And stamp out sex in our schools. Oh, my God. That's right. Oh, my God. Her uh, one line. The girl with the biggest lisp. Let's give her the the triple S. They did that on purpose. Mm-hmm. Wow. Sorry, Lorraine. I love you. So what so we had take it easy, then we had Take it easy. Had, then I did um I came into Shenandoah like I'm gonna get every drop out of this school that I can. I'm gonna do everything that I wanna do. I'm gonna like anything that I think is gonna be um, engaging and informative for me as both a human and artist. So I was like, okay, I'm going to be in the operas. I'm going to be in the dance. I'm going to do the dancing. I'm going to write the newspaper. And so in terms of shows, it was Take It Easy. Then it was Marriage of Figaro. Then it was Raggedy Ann and Andy. Then it was, um, uh, it was another opera in there. There Are was. You Andy? I was not Andy. No, that was Scott Schaefer. Thanks for reminding me. I was only a freshman. Scott Schaefer. <laughs> Scott well, Schaefer. You were doing so well hitting the, the, the you know, the ground running with your... Uh, I was. I was. I figured you just might as well be Andy. No, I was not. Um, <laughs> I, I was Ann. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, there was... Uh, I did Sweet Charity. I did the, you know... The, uh, what do they call it? Musical ensemble shows uh, uh, of the I Sing and um, the other one. What was it called? Follies. Follies and of the I Sing and then take it, uh, then a, a playground. Wait, who did Follies? We did. What a great show for a bunch of uh, college kids to do. We so did Follies. In, it, was, in, it was literally in, the, 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 the school year show. No, it was music no, theater, theater ensemble. Oh, theater, music ensemble. theater ensemble. Because he had like, this was by this point, you know, there was like 86,000 people at the school. And so Music Theater Ensemble had gone from this thing with like, you know, six people in it to like 46 people in it. So they couldn't do like a small little review. And, and Calcutta was out. <laughs> and right. And so, and like by our, by my junior year, in fact, they had to split it into two productions. Um, Steven was in Little Night Music, and then I was in what was called, I don't even know what they ended up calling it by the end. It was just called like the Canter and Ebb Review. It was supposed to be the show called Two by Five, which the idea is it was Canter and Ebb 2, sung by five people, but we had like, you know, 23 people in the show. Um, so... Yeah. It was two by 23. Yeah, ex exactly. Not as catchy. Two by too much. <laughs> Let's do cats and all of their kittens. <laughs> exactly. The whole family. All of them. Family. Well, I, I only bring up Follies because um, Stephen bought me. Who who wrote this? I'm so bad with names. 
I just live emotionally. Stephen Sondheim. No, no, no. 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 <laughs> the guy that wrote the book was a a. Oh, Ted Sperling. Ted Sperling. He was an intern. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. On Follies when it was being created, and he wrote this book about the creation of Follies, and I'm telling you, it's amazing. Yeah, have you read it? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not a it big. Was Ted Chapin. Ted Chapin. What'd you say? His name is Ted Chapin. In Chapin. fact, Chapin. Ted Chapin used to be the president of the Rogers, the RNH, um, like you know, foundation or whatever. When you rent those shows. The licensing arm, yeah. Yeah, but, but I mean, it was bigger than that, but yes. Ted Chapin. Yeah. Um, what is a show that you're dying to do that you have not done yet? <laughs> well, let's see. We have about 23 more minutes. So, um, no, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. There's a lot of shows that, like, have just oddly passed me by that I've never gotten... Um, never gotten to do um, that. I'm like, how did I never do that? Like, I never did Damn Yankees. I was supposed to actually do Damn Yankees for the first time ever this March, but now it's gotten pushed to 2023. So, um, so I guess I'll be doing Damn Yankees. But like shows, like um, I never did Oklahoma. I never did um, How to Succeed. I have auditioned for How to Succeed ten thousand times and i always think what a great piece for me well, being it's a much. it it actually is like i it's i've auditioned for ten thousand times <laughs> I, I mean like literally i'm like hello you need character actor guys and a lot of them who can dance absolutely hello and well, I, I just asked because i don't think i've seen anybody in this area do how to succeed in a long time well, how about you You all get it going and then hire me and then you can say, because of the podcast, we we fix Adolfo's life. <laughs> That's what we're all about, fixing lives. Mm -hmm. Speaking of fixing lives, let's go back to Playground. Oh, God. <laughs> what do you want to um, know? Why? <laughs> this used to be my Playground. <laughs> Thank you. Because because we're war buddies. Anyone we who was in that show has to talk about it. As Stephen... Gregory Smith once quipped, this is our Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It is. And and we've made it. This is the big time. <laughs> oh, yeah. What would you like to know? Because I have a very, very good recollection of that show. Not only do I have a good recollection, I have a lot of backstage video. I have an audio bootleg. I've watched the video with Carla Shook, former podcast interviewee yes. yeah. um at the new york public library um i had millions discussed. of pictures yes so what would you like to know so you were the honeybee amongst <laughs> the flowers <laughs> yes. yep that was probably have a name? sadly sadly enough to say it was probably my biggest part at shenandoah well, did the honeybee have a name or was it just the honeybee the honeybee honey <laughs> oh, i think the honeybee's name should have been honey Honey bee, like Cardi B. Like oh. honey bee, period. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, in, in Adolfo's mind, it was. Um, as long as it's local, I'm good. So you're <laughs> local, honey. Um, was there a pot of duh? There was a pot of meh. Um, <laughs> you were like uh, the pollinator of all of us who were flowers. So I just. What? When your mind kind of goes I to that. I saw a movie like this once. Yeah. <laughs> this guy comes in dressed as the All right. queen bee. We'll, we'll, it's okay. We'll skip that movie. Um, it just makes me laugh because you were almost like you were a, a gigolo of the flower set. <laughs> and, 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 right, and Right. But I think they could have led me in that direction if A, I had some direction and B, our costume designer had perhaps given me a costume in that direction but instead i wore this like newsboy get up it was it was bizarre it was bizarre so like you create a, a character out of that like what am i doing here it literally was like well like who was anyone i mean there was flowers we, we were, were in tights with headpieces like Follies Girls. No one was creating characters. Oh, d don't forget that you guys had bl bloomer trunks with little um, flowers on them so that when your, like, 
jacket is a very generous word. When your yeah. jacket would sort of open a little bit, the you smock. Smock. That's really it. Um, it would it would reveal these things, and the girls had like little things where their nipples would be because it was they were wearing like a unitard, a unitard, yeah. and oh, it was just hideous. And I don't like to talk negative about anything, but it was really ill informed. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think if you could have maybe have used that newsboy feeling as almost someone who is investigating or going behind the scenes to get the real story from these flowers of what the show's about for the next print of whatever edition you're working for, it could could have sort of felt like you were maybe trying to get the dirt, if you know what I mean. Yeah, perhaps. I mean, yes. I mean, it was. Uh, 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 it was the most <laughs> and you were an actual honeybee, yeah. I was a honeybee, and yes. I, I, I'm sure, I'm sure Stephen wants to tell the story. Um, about <laughs> so okay, so if you're designing flowers, what color do you think flowers are typically? And I don't mean the flowers, but like. Obviously, if the headpiece is going to be a color because that's the flower, what do you think the body of a flower, what color is the body? Green. Green. Very good answer. Thank you so much. Now, so you have these costumes that are predominantly green with a huge splash of color on the top. Now, your lead character in the show is Mr. Toad. Now, Typically, toads are brown, but brown is a rather drab color for any theatrical enterprises. So let's perhaps give him more. What color do you think? Green. Green. So you're now going to do a song, a huge 11 o'clock number called Toad Came Home, which you're going to have toad backed up by flowers and a honeybee. So guess what color the entire stage is? Green. Green. Except for the honeybee. And I turned to Steven at a rehearsal and I said, I'm going to get cut from this number. I'm telling you, I'm going to get cut from this number. I know it. And I was like living in fear, living in fear. And then finally, it was in a spacing rehearsal because they rehearsed us to death on the show. And because they wanted it to be ready for Broadway. Oh, and yes. so they kept trying to hide me. And finally we were in tech and literally they're putting me in the boogerest, boogeriest spot to try to like hide me because guess what you're looking at? The kid in yellow. And you were like the dancing bee girl from the Blind Melon video. Yes, that's what it was. And that's what you want to look at. I'm sorry, Evan Pappas, but really, I mean, let's, we've had enough of the toad. We got what you do. This yeah. was my big moment. Okay. So I was like stuck behind like Norman Howard and, you know, <laughs> and it was just so frustrating, but it, it made me ready. It made me ready to be in a Broadway show. I'll tell you what. Well, <laughs> it was, it was going to be that we, we all knew it was just going to transfer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, Playground was fun. It was it was fun. We actually had a lot of fun. We make fun of it, but we did have a lot of fun. I just kind of I just mentioned this in the pod before, so I'm not going to like rail on it. But the audacity of the the kids who paid to go to school there to play roles to kind of get experience for the real world. And then all these New York people were brought in and we didn't get to do that that semester. Just kind of, I can't get over that in a way, you know, Much, though I love those people and have nothing against them. It's the whole concept of using our tuition based, you know, it, it's just interesting. Well, I, I actually, I mean, I don't disagree. You're right. I think that the problem was they brought six of them. I yeah. think they could have gotten away with three. Yeah. I think they could have like definitely Evan, who was, is special and a star and, you know, um, it was a master class working with him. I think he's pretty spectacular. And then two others, maybe somebody who really, there was an older gentleman who actually, I don't remember his name actually, but he was probably the weakest of them. But that character who was obviously much older than any of us, like he's supposed to be a guy in his 50s or 60s or something. 
And then maybe like Lori Fisher. Um, because the rest of them, you know, Jack and Yvonne, we had people at the school, you know, Yvonne's character could have been played by Danielle Ferretti. Sure. You know, uh, it, 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 totally. So there, we had the people there that maybe didn't have the same sort of breadth of experience or, or um, a veteran quality to bring, but they definitely could have put it over. So, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> So let's 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 leave playground in the past where it should be. Thank you. Let's um, well, it used to be your playground. Oh, uh, that's the second time you I went know, for that I joke. This is not solitary. Hey, Stop this it. is a professional podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Keep um, it down. So so we know that you've uh, performed. You're a character actor. You're a dancer. You're a choreographer. Um, mm -hmm. Have you also dabbled in comedy? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can you speak He's doing it right now? I know, I know. He's always doing it. But um, can you speak to a little bit of that side of your performing aspect? Well, I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, I, 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 uh, I, I used to live again, fellow podcast interview subject, Sean Hollenbach. Sean Hollenbach and I lived together for four years, besties, and. Um, he really he started forging a path in the comedy world and um and so i started meeting his friends and um hanging out and the next thing you know though he's like oh you should do this Adolfo, you're so funny you should do this and so i was like oh okay so i mean i've done some character work i've done it, like improv and, and uh, stand up um for, for a while there was a show that i was in at ucb monthly for a long time um called high school talent show which was um came out right before glee and it was sort of sending up the idea of these you know sort of bumbling high school talent shows um and every week it was sort of a variety show and people would do these numbers um like bad dance numbers and puppets and all sorts of crazy stuff and people would play um you know a guidance counselor who's going to talk to the talk to the school and the, the best parts was in between they would have this you know the stage crew that would come out and all they had to do was like move a table and like um put on stage a microphone and for 40 seconds you would sit there and like it would take like 16 people you know 40 seconds to do two things um, in, in half dark. Um, so that was always fun playing all these crazy characters. And a lot of the people that went through that show, they're all much more famous than I am. Um, but it was very, it was, was just fun to be with these people. Cause I never, I don't think I had dent, I, even to this day, I, I feel like I don't have regrets, but I was like, God, I should have really like put a little more oomph into that, into like networking and spending more time because I was like, oh, I'm just doing this thing with Sean. And then even after I was doing it on my own without Sean, I was always still kind of like, oh, I'm doing this thing with Sean. So, um, but yeah, I mean, even just recently, uh, Sean just had a show in New York um, where um, LGBTQ folks um, come out and tell their coming out stories. I'm gay. I'm just <laughs> Closet faces. Yes. And um, so I was just on, he's had me on the show many times, but um, my, my sort of little bit of uh, my offering is uh, usually uh, a bit of a hit because I come in with all these videos. In fact, one of the videos I show is me doing the conga um, in the talent show. Um, and so I have all these videos, like there's a video of me um, on rollerblades at age 11 um like literally like i'm figure skating because i couldn't my parents wouldn't take me to the ice rink and i wanted to be a figure figure skater gay i know and um so i decided that i was going to use my my rollerblades which were a very new thing at the time to try to learn how to ice skate and i would i would rollerblade backwards and do these crossovers and these like axles and stuff like that and i entered myself into the tumbling show and to Madonna's greatest ballad hit, Oh Father, and did this very dramatic figure skating roller dance piece. Um, and it's quite a sight to, to see. So, um, yeah. I listened so, to the podcast episode. It was hysterical. Yeah, 
it's it's yeah it's it's crazy so <laughs> i um I, I i got involved in comedy and into this day like you know i i still do things here and there but i don't really like as i said i don't really identify as a comedian it's just sort of an uh i don't know it's a it's just a little path off the main avenue to me like being a, like a stand-up like a specific stand-up is a very scary thing yeah it is like writing your own stuff and getting up there and like trying to you know make people laugh it, it just seems like it's a very difficult job it is <laughs> what probably why don't do it <laughs> what is your worst job that you've ever had that is non arts related but something you had you did just to make money because you know we take jobs to make money did you ever have that one job like for instance i used to be the janitor at a theater and that's true for what i just said for me mm. um i've had 10 million jobs i don't know if i have ever had like a horrifying job I, it's weird like i was the kid growing up who always loved um going to school i never missed school so um even though at times school was traumatic and um <laughs> um a bit damaging i still loved going to school every day so i i, I mean i can tell you like i worked for as an office manager at a finance tech company, I was I worked at a creepery. I would hand, I would do for a while. It's called uh, promos here in New York, where it could be anything from like handing out things on, on a corner. Oh wait, Adolfo, yeah. did you did you accidentally put me on speaker? I, I haven't done anything. Oh, that's so weird. Your sound totally changed. Like you're further away. I am. Oh, now you're back. Okay. Don't Sorry. know what that's about. That's okay. I'm, I'm just gonna take it back. Um. So yeah, I, I don't know. I was. Uh, uh, I for a while uh, did promos, which were like, you know, you can hand out stuff on the side, you know, in a corner. It could be like, oh, we're we're pushing a new TV show, so we. You dress up like the people, and it's like on it. It's like ugh, all these weird things. I can't even get into like all the weird, crazy stuff I've done. Um, I like catered for a minute. I I, I worked as a temp in many offices uh, as a receptionist. I mean, I've done like five billion weird jobs that are non-performing related. I work. I still now I work on and off. Um, for a big retail, I do uh, for a big commission retailer um, uh, selling fashion, fashion. Um, so uh, I have all sorts of odd side jobs and times they can be crazy and awful and suck my soul out. But I wouldn't say any of them have been like, oh, gosh, I was that was really sucked. And it's really about the people, isn't it, that you work with, too? Like, just that experience and meeting new people. Like, the job isn't really the thing. It's the people you work with. Well, I mean, they're getting to work with me. And that's really <laughs> what it's about. So, you know, I kind of bring the sunshine wherever. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Adolfo, I, there's one thing I want to bring up. And we can cut it out later if you want. But I want to bring <laughs> up. I have no secrets. I want to talk about the name change because I don't want to Berenstain bear this like for people to go, wait, wasn't Berenstain? It... Wait, Berenstain, Berenstain. Um, do you, what was the reason for changing your name from Randy Eigenbrode to Adolfo Blair? So yes, so it's weird. I will talk about this now. When I turned 40, um, I came out of the closet with what my age was. So for the longest time, <laughs> I, I did I did not talk about my age because I have sort of a baby face. And even now, brace yourself, I'm in the mix to go do Greece again. And I'm going to be 43 years old, perhaps, doing Greece. I have no business doing Greece. But if they're going to pay me and give me equity weeks, yes, I will. Thank you. Where do I sign? 
No so, I'm like, honey, just give me a little amber and I will get some, you know, uh, wrinkle cream now and we'll be good to go. Um, so, but anyway, so I didn't talk about my age because I thought if people knew how old I was, they're going to go, oh, he could never play blah, 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 blah. And so everyone close to me, my really inner circle knew that there was a couple of things that were like off limits to talk about with other people. One was my age and one was my name. And there, yes, there is a whole, I have now been Adolfo as long as I was Randy. Right. Um, Cause I changed my name basically right when I was turning 22. So um, to answer, so now I'm, I'm much more open about this, although I still don't really advertise it. Um, my name is Randolph Blair Eigenbrode. And uh, I knew I was not going to be Ra a Randy Eigenbrode because Randy Eigenbrode is too hard to say and spell. People who have known me since I was five still cannot spell or say it. I don't think it's that hard, but <laughs> get with it. So then I thought Randy Blair sounded like a porn star. Sure. Randy Blair and hard as they come. So, you know. <laughs> In playground. I <laughs> exactly um so i did not i was like i'm not gonna be randy blair so my mom's nickname for me growing up was dolfo and that ultimately was my plan around when i was a senior was i was going to be dolfo blair why now looking back the my type and my brand branding and that's part of what i teach is all branding i should have been randolph blair I don't know why I, I know I didn't pick Randolph Blair because I knew there was, I thought it was going to be a fight to have people who knew me as Randy to start calling me Randolph. And I didn't want to be Randy anymore because Randy Blair porn star. So anyways, I thought Dolfo was going to be different enough that you had to sort of address it. So I was going to be Dolfo Blair. And in the um, summer of 2001, before I moved to New York, I, um, Went to, I was working uh, for a long time. I worked as a creative director for Six Flags. And I was working with a woman who was a Broadway dance captain. And we were working on a show together. And I said, I said, oh, I'm going to move to the city and I'm going to be Dolfo Blair. And she got very serious. And she said, Dolfo, that sounds like dolphin. Don't do that. And I was like, well, what should I be? Like, I, I, I don't know what to, I need a name. And she, we were driving and she, she thought about it for a second. She said, what about Adolfo? And I went, Adolfo Blair. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how it happened. And I, and to me, Adolfo, for those people who knew me as Randy was going to be so different you weren't going to be able to continue calling me Randy like the way Randolph would be. It would, you would have to either get on board or be an asshole and not follow directions. So um, so I've now been Adolfo for 21 years or whatever it is. And that's everyone who knows me knows that's what I'm called. And for a long time, I had a nickname, which for those people who thought Randy, it, it, that Adolfo was too far, my nickname is Dolphy, and Dolphy is close to Randy. And so a lot of people are like, all right, I'll call you Dolphy. That's the best you're going to get out of me. So there it is. So you landed in New York just right before 9-11? Right after 9-11. Uh, I left New York three weeks prior to 9-11. Open the door for you to enter. That's right. <laughs> and at that time, even funnier, I it was just after 9-11, and I came to New York and decided, Madonna, that I was gonna just be Adolfo, no last name. <laughs> and so I came to New York with black and white headshots with me with dark hair and a mustache goatee in black and white, where I looked Italian or Latin with just the name Adolfo. And that lasted like literally three and a half, four weeks. I mean, people and auditions were so confused as to what the hell was going on <laughs> and who the hell was I? Cause I was coming in with this, like, you know, dirty blonde, blonde hair, all American. And my headshot was like this spiky Joey Fatone in sync Italian thing with the name, just Adolfo. 
And so I ch- quickly changed, and then I changed to Adolfo Blair. You were showing all sides of yourself, man. I would have been looking, right. look at him. Look at this headshot. He can do anything. That's right. Meryl Streep, watch out, bitch. <laughs> well, Rand, Randy, we're, um, so, see, I just did it. Are Adolfo. It's because we were talking about it. Adolfo, we're mindful of your time. Uh, just, I know we were talking about streaming things earlier. It happens at Gaga's uh, dinner parties with her family. They get drunk. And, and they call her Stephanie. They call her Stephanie. And then she's like, Mom. Right, right. <laughs> um, call me uh, Gaga. So are there any other things you could recommend streaming? Oh, God. I mean, I literally watched 10,000. 000- 422 things i'll just tell you some of my favorite things of recent i i they're not streaming but um i have to say um i have seen god and his name is michael r jackson i have now seen a strange loop three times in new york and it is absolutely off the charts brilliant um i actually reconnected with danielle ferretti because she works over there at the lyceum and I was like, oh, my God, this is so weird. I just listened to your podcast yesterday and I, you were on my mind. I was going to text you and say we should hang out. Um, so if you for any of you listening, if you're not familiar or you're coming to New York, or you're looking for something to see, go see Strange Loop. If you didn't see it when I was in D.C. or when it was in Off-Broadway before, it is absolutely groundbreaking and brilliant and breathtaking and heartbreaking and confrontational and everything that the future of musical theater is going to be. It is so off the charts. I can't, I can't even find adjectives that are worthy. Wow. All right. And that started here in DC. No, it actually started here in New York. Um, They had been, been going around, going around. He'd been trying to get it off the ground. They did some, they did a concert 54 below. And then finally by 20, I think 16 or 17, it got signed on to be done at Playwrights Horizons. They did it in 2019. Big hit. It was going to come to Broadway. 2020, it wins the Pulitzer, but this is also at the time. Pulitzer, only the 10th musical ever to win the Pulitzer. AMT, Dr. Tom Albert, thank you very much. And um, so um, it was going to come to Broadway. And at that time, and then the whole COVID thing happened. And so then it went out of town to DC and they actually ended up changing the lead of the show. Um, I'm not sure why, but they changed the lead of the show and worked on it more there and then brought it into New York. Wow. That's, that's, uh, I've heard so many great things. So definitely interested in that. Is there, are, are you a reader at all, Adolfo? Uh, no. I was going to say no. any good books lately, but I guess that's not a thing. No, I did see, I go to the movies a lot. Okay. Um, I absolutely loved everything, everywhere, all at once. It's amazing, isn't it? I, I saw it. I had to go see it a second time because it was like, again, it blew my mind so much. It was just the you sheer brilliance of it. I was going to say, we haven't seen it, but I do like their bagels. Oh. <laughs> Part of the, 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 the plot. Oh, wow. But I, oh my. isn't it a movie you can like describe and say, it's literally about death and taxes? No. It absolutely is. It's about death. I mean, I guess. I guess. I mean, if you want to like, if you need like the TV guide to to (laughs) one sentence description, but no, it's so, it's literally four different movies. You can't even describe it. In fact, like my friends came with me the second time I went and because I was like, oh my God, you guys, I just saw this movie and it was just so amazing. I'm going to go see it again. You have to go see it. Like, well, what's it about? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what it's about. But it's four different movies. And when you see it, you'll know what I'm talking about. And my roommate was like, you're right. It's four different movies. So um, it's amazing. Go see that. Okay. Streaming. I'm trying to think of what I've seen streaming-wise that I really, really loved. Um, I saw – we just watched – uh, Impeachment, which was was, I thought was pretty fabulous. I think Ryan Murphy does the best at those – what are they called? His American Crime Story, I think, is the his strongest works. And that's about the Trump impeachment. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wouldn't we love that? Um, what was your What was your take on the Fosse Gwen um, series? Oh, it was lovely. That was lovely. That was fun, wasn't it? And I loved how fair it was. 
you know, I thought with Nicole Fossey being involved, I was really afraid that it was going to tap dance, as it were, around um, the, you know, uh, Mr. Fossey was a was a complex person of a different era where things not necessarily were right, but they were allowed. And um, and so I was afraid that they were going to not deal with that. And they did. And I think it was very fair, um, fair portrayals of particularly him, but even of Gwen Verdon of, you know, even though she is so often the savior of the piece, she had, you know, her own set of demons and things to deal with. So I, I, the actress, Michelle Williams. Michelle Williams. Williams' work was incredible. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And the actress who played Anne Reinking as well. Uh, 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 uh Quackenbush. Quaken, Is that her name? Look uh, on me as soon as I hang up. Um, yeah, she's great. She was really great on the leftovers too. If you saw that, I didn't, but I have some in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> yuck, All right, yuck, well, yuck, yuck, yuck. Adolfo, thank you for spending time with us. Yeah. Um, We love catching up with you. And thank you for being so honest and candid. Um, And and, uh, we just love you to pieces. Uh, Thank you. I love you to pieces. I just want to hug and squeeze you to pieces. Oh, my goodness. A man. A man. (laughs) A man. (laughs) All right. We love you, Adolfo. Have fun! Bye! Bye! Thanks so much for taking time to chat with us, Adolfo. We had such a good time. Thank you so much. Um, And, uh, yeah, just uh, enjoy. Everyone enjoy Pride if you are partaking. Enjoy responsibly and uh, have a good time. And remember what it's really about. so if you want to learn more about us, please visit www.connorsmithmusicals.com. That's Connor with an ER. You can find us on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram under Connor and Smith, again with an ER. Please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. Really helps us out a lot. Post it where you post things. Share it where you share things. Join the Discord discussion. If you've got – here's a thing. I don't always have photos from college of everybody, but maybe you do. And maybe you have photos that you would like to post as long as they're not incriminating on the Discord. You can do that. I would love if you would do that. Um, But check it out. The link is in the description of this podcast. Also, that uh, Spotify playlist, there are people putting things in. I appreciate that. I really love that aspect of the show. So check out the link to the Spotify Season 5 playlist in the description. And other than that, we'll have another episode out for you tomorrow. And thanks always for listening. Bye. Bye.